0: You're listening to Living in the Light with Pastor Mike McClure of Calvary Chapel, San Jose. They had been given
1: authority. We find it in Acts chapter 2. That authority, that power of the Holy Spirit was given. And they were able to go out and they took the gospel to the known world and turned the world upside down. I found this to be true. Light always overcomes darkness. Darkness never overcomes light. Light just needs to be turned on. And so how do we turn on the light? Well, we need to bring ourselves into the light, under the authority, under the spout if you will where the blessing comes out. Gazing upon the face of God. That's where we're changed and transformed into his image. Do you know when-
0: Many people have a problem with authority, but is it the rulership they have a problem with or the rules themselves? If you're under an authority that you stand behind, do you have issues with it? In today's message, Pastor Mike reminds us that when we're under the authority of Christ, He distributes authority to us. You're not forced to follow Him, but when you see the brilliance of His ways, you desire to spread that knowledge. You're no slave, but rather a willing servant to an almighty, all-powerful God. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of Luke, chapter 7, with today's edition of Living in the Light.
1: And what he's saying here is that I know what it is to be submitted to authority. And the the most interesting word here is in verse 8, the word also. He says, I also, implying that the Lord, Jesus Christ was under authority. He was under authority. We don't think about that. We think, well, Jesus, he could do it. Jesus says throughout John's gospel, you can read it starting, I think, in chapter three, all the way through the end. Every chapter, there's something you'll find in that chapter that Jesus will say, I am not doing my will, but I'm doing the Father's will. I am under his authority. I am doing what he tells me to do. I am speaking what he tells me to speak. I'm not here doing what I want. I'm, I'm doing the Father's will. I'm simply communicating what he is telling me to communicate. Constantly throughout John's Gospel and the other Gospels, he's always saying that he's, he's constantly telling people everywhere he goes. I'm doing my Father's will. I'm not doing my own will. I'm doing my Father's will. There's a, there's an authority that he has that he is subjected to his Father's will, whatever his Father wants. And this man understood that no one else did. He had insight where no one else in Israel seemed to see what it was to be. Under authority, They were constantly bucking God. You know, you look at the history of the Jewish nation, and they were constantly rebelling and doing what they wanted to do. But this man was disciplined in his life. Though, yeah, he was a man of war, he was a man of compassion. And he understood as well that, that, that this authority that he was under, that this person wasn't just a Judean peasant prophet, but this man was under real authority, ultimate authority. And because he's under authority, he has authority. You see, I think so often the case I find is people saying, look, my kids start to run away the other day, and I say, Sammy, stop, and he keeps going. Sammy, stop right now, and he keeps going. And I'm thinking, that kid, rebellious kid, and I start realizing, no, it's me. You know what? He doesn't realize who I am. He doesn't realize. He he, he doesn't have that understanding yet. You know, and sometimes discipline brings it. But ultimately, I think we shouldn't be going around saying, honey, you have to submit to me. I'm the man. The Bible says right here, you know. And we have to constantly pulling our card out, saying this is who I am. This is what I do. Then you need to submit to me. Something's wrong. Because I think the reality is, if we're under authority, then we speak with authority. We have authority. If we're submitted to God and led by His Spirit, and we're doing His will, then we're going to have that authority doesn't mean people are going to listen, you know. Just take me, for example. All the kids going, you know, six different ways. Stop! You realize what kind of authority you have or don't have. But I think that the truth is, it's not the rebellion in the kid. It's the power of God that he's overcome that. And it's going to happen as it happens with me, as I put myself under the authority of God. And I think a good scripture for that is 2 Corinthians 3.18. as we are in his presence, and we behold God's glory that is that we behold his authority and who he is, that we're changed from glory to glory by his spirit. That greater glory that we're going to be changed into his image, that we're going to become like him. And you become like Jesus. People when they left Jesus, they, they the soldiers from the from the temple went back and the chief priest goes, Where is he? Oh we couldn't arrest him. No one spoke like this man. We've never heard anybody speak like this man spoke. And he had authority with what he, what he taught. As they, they noted that he didn't teach like the Pharisees, but he taught with authority. We know what he said, but it's how he said it. It's who he was. It's, it's the authority that was in his eyes. It was in his, his voice. It wasn't how he looked. It was, it, was, it was the word that came out. And I think this is the authority that we can have as we quote his, his word. It doesn't return void as you give it to your children, as you give it to your husband, to your wife, as you share it. And I think this is what God's longing for us to understand, that if we want to have authority, Jesus constantly would tell people, look, you want to have this. You see in my life, you want to have what I have, and let me tell you, you can have it, but this is how you have to get it. You have to deny yourself. You have to take up the cross, and you have to follow me. And whosoever is going to hold on to their life is going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you're going to find it. So the degree in which you lose your life Just fill in the blank there. The degree in which you lose your time for yourself. Me time. Entertainment time. Time for me to, you know, just to to, to do what I want to do. My money, what I spend my money on. If I give this to the Lord, my family, my relationships, my problems... All these things. The degree in which you say, God, I'm going to give these problems to you. And that's what we like to do. Here, Keep the problems, I'll keep this. I kind of like this. But you take all the things I'm having a problem with. Would you help me with this, God? And God's saying, look, I want you to deny yourself and die in all these areas and give me your whole life. And the degree in which you give me your whole life is the degree in which you're going to find it. Find what? Find the answers to it. Find the solutions to it. Be saved from it. David understood this constantly. David was crying out to God and a man after God's own heart, he would flee under the shelter of the Most High because under that submission, putting himself under the authority of God, he knew he was protected. And he understood even Saul, I won't touch the Lord's anointed. He was at one time under the authority, called and anointed by God. I'm not going to touch him. And even as he cut his robe, it smote his heart. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. He was the Lord's anointed. And so it wasn't Saul per se, it was the Lord that he was constantly, look, he was under God's authority. And so because he was under authority, he didn't have the right to do what he did. David understood authority. This centurion understands authority. In our culture today, we don't understand authority at all. We buck authority. We could speak out against authority. But I think faith, it correlates with unworthiness, humility, but also understanding that we need to put ourselves under authority into the degree in which we put ourselves and all that we own under the authority of our master, of our Lord, as we call him, it's the very degree in which we're going to find blessing in our life. It's the very degree in which we're going to have authority to speak in people's life. It's the very degree in which we're going to see effective change in our lives. The problem is we hold on to these things. We try to fix them ourselves until they break and then we give them to God. But everything's going good right now, so we don't need God. When things go bad, well, then we kind of need God. And we're kind of back and forth. That was a, that was a nation of Israel. Not much different than ourselves. We're not much different at all. But it takes a real soldier, a real man, a real woman of God who will say, you know what, I'm going to put myself under the authority of God and I'm going to, I'm going to submit to him and I'm going to allow him just to, to lead me. If he says, go, I'm going to go. If he says, come, I'm going to come. And we don't see this today in our culture. And I think the real issue, you notice verse 3, it says that when that is the centurion, he heard of Jesus Didn't say that he saw a miracle. It didn't say that he went out and witnessed the power and the the, the works that he was doing. It didn't even say he ever saw his face. But he heard. He heard. You know, you look at history, all history. It could be summarized really very simply, and there's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God, and then there's the kingdom of man, of this world. It started in the Garden of Eden, when, when Eve was told by Satan, did God really say? And she she believed the lie. She took the fruit, and she doubted God's word. She doubted what God had said about the tree. And she thought, oh, you're right. He's fooling me. She took the tree, and she believed the lie, and they fell. And from then on, there's been two kingdoms. There's a great book, actually. Um, I don't know if we have it in a bookstore. The Vanishing Word by David Hunt. Fabulous book about... The history of the word and the image. And there's two kingdoms. The kingdom of God, which is based upon the word, and the kingdom of this world. And really beginning with Egypt, we find they were in vogue. They would paint themselves. They would worship themselves. They were into themselves and into the image and all the things that they made. All these gods, right? Everything. You look at Pharaoh and all the stuff that they were into. And God called his people out from there crossed them over two rivers, really, one sea and one river, to get into a promised land that was going to be based upon his promises, his word. He took them to a mountain, and in this mountain, he spoke to them with fire. They never saw his face, not even Moses. No one's ever seen him and lived. I would dare say even in the garden, that Adam and Eve, when they walk with God, they never saw his image, they heard his voice. They didn't see him. No one's ever seen him. We don't know him. We will see him. And 1 John 3, 3 tells us that when we do see him, and this is the most amazing thing, that we'll be like him. That we're going to be, not like his glory we're going to share what he has given to us. And that we're going to be, he's going to invite us into this relationship for all eternity. God is amazing. I mean, his glory is amazing. We can't even fathom how great God is. And this image, this, this, this image-driven culture is continued throughout time. Into Babylon, and God was trying to give him the word and say, "Look, don't don't. Let me tell you. Here's the command: Don't look at images. Don't make images. Don't have images. There'll be no image worship. No other gods before me. Just me. Well, who are you? You're not going to ever see me. <laughs> you're just going to hear my voice, and you're going to have my word, and you're going to have to trust me. Well, what do you look like, God? I just want to see you. I have all these things I could see in this world, and that's the that's that's the battle." This world is constantly calling us, using all of our five senses, and the Word doesn't use any of those things. It goes straight into our heart and our mind, separate. You see, He's created us to be a part of this world, but He's calling us to be part of the kingdom of God, the next world. And this materialistic society is continuing even today, even in our church. As you look at history in that book, Vanishing Word, Hunt goes through the the, the history of the image, and it's fascinating to see all the cultures in all the world is driven by image. You know, you, you go through the, the Babylonian stages, and then, and then you see it go through the time of Christ, the Romans, and then you see them go into the Dark Ages. The worst part of our, our history of the world. In the Dark Ages, why was it dark? Because there there was a, a mistake, a grave mistake, was trying to put these two kingdoms together. And when you do that, only one survives, destroys the other. And that was Constantine, 3rd century. He's like, okay, can't beat him, join him. Let's bring him together and make Rome. The official religion will be Christianity. And it plunged the, the, the known world into the dark ages for a 1,000 years. No one could read, no one could write. It just didn't work. The image overtook the word and there was nothing. And so then we find the age of enlightenment coming out of that. And that was through the time where there was literacy, there was the invention of the printing press, And there was a restoration of the Word of God. You know, we're no longer an elite few controlled all the people because they were literate. Now all the people had the freedom, and it started with the Reformation. And the Reformation went northwest. And the Reformation brought, really, a a republic. It brought democracy. It brought freedom. It brought ingenuity. And it brought, I dare say, even Protestantism, Christianity, has given us America, you know, this continent, the Judeo-Christian values based upon the word of God. Now, what went southwest, or east, excuse me, was the Renaissance. And the Renaissance was based upon the image, upon pictures and sculptures, you know, Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, and all the rest. They, they, They continue that, and what did those cultures have today? What is it? What's in those countries today? We got communism. Marxism, socialism, atheism, they're still, in a way, dark because they don't know the truth that sets you free from the image, from worshiping. And this is something that happens in the church today. This is happening today. I think it's statistics have shown that for every one church that's breaking ground and building, there's three churches in America that close. About 3,500 to 4,000 churches close, I think it's a year. And it was just a few years ago, there was a new study that was done by Pew Research that, uh, I think it was in '08 where this began, where now it was over 50% of evangelical Christians in America no longer believe that Jesus Christ is the only way. And it's getting worse every year. It's flooding in the church. What? The image. That it's no longer the word. And you find this happening in the church today. You know, there's the churches that are teaching the word, as we try to do, and, and want to see each one of you grow. And I think this is the, truly the best thing you could do with your time, your life. Because you're going to grow in the knowledge of who Christ is and to know the scriptures to meditate on them. Apply them to your life. You're going to be wise. It'll make you wise in salvation. It will protect you. Make, it's profitable for doctrine, for teaching, for correction, for everything in your life you're going to find in the scriptures. This, scriptures speak to every area of your life. Amazingly, also science. I mean, taught the world was round in Isaiah, the sphere of the earth. I mean, all kinds of is in there. Ecclesiastes talked about that. Solomon and so many because the wisdom, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. And we find this in the scriptures, even still today. Science is catching up, but then you find this other church that's continuing to happen. You know those churches? It's where the smoke is and the lights and the sound and it's an, it's a, it's a feeling. It's it's a wow. It's an awe. And it's very image driven. It's become very sensual, and and it's a, and it's no longer about the word. It's about the feelings. It's about using your five senses. And these things, it's, it's going to plunge us, and it is plunging us away from the light into the darkness as a nation. And you know, here's the thing: is is that you have the truth. You know the truth, and you're needed in this community. God is, he needs men. I believe he needs men today to be men. Because it's not happening today. <laughs> men are not men. Like I, I remember as a kid, you know, and I remember it seems like in our country, John Wayne. You know, now the actors are gay or, or, you know, acting one way or another way. And it's our culture, it's messed up. You know, and we're all sinners. But the reality is if we go back to, to the word of God, we're going to find, we're going to find the truth about what a man is, what a woman is, what a family is, what, what, what God has to do, and it's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's not a bad thing. And, and, and I hate evil, my life and our culture around us, and it seems like it's just... But the truth is, God wants us to push out, and he has to do that. How? By being under authority. Because we're under his authority, we will have authority. Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me, Go into all the world and make disciples and and baptize them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He sent them all. Who? All those that were his disciples. They had been given authority. We find it in Acts chapter 2. That authority, that power of the Holy Spirit was given. And they were able to go out and they took the gospel to the known world and turned the world upside down. I found this to be true. Light always overcomes darkness. Darkness never overcomes light. Light just needs to be turned on. And so how do we turn on the light? Well, we need to bring ourselves into the light, under the authority, under the spout, if you will, where the blessing comes out, gazing upon the face of God. That's where we're changed and transformed into His image. But I believe God, you know, He wants us to be under His authority, to know what your calling is in life, to know what it is that He wants you to be doing. Because most people in America think, well, you know, I'm kind of looking for church. I mean, it makes me feel good. I kind of like Mike, you know, you kind of relate to him. I like, the, you know, how the church feels, parking's nice, they got lights out there, cafe. And you kind of let your, you know, people come into town, Do let their fingers kind of do the, the walking through the yellow pages and their friends do the talking, come to this church, come to that church. And, you know, the reality is God wants you to be planted, and there's just one church, but he wants you to be planted in, in, in a place that you can be using your gifts. And I do not want to pastor a church. This is the wrong church. If you're looking for one, you just get to sit in the pew, and we need to grow, and we need to be in the Word. But the problem is that we sit, and we take in, and we take in, and we become you know, fat sheep, and we're not able to go out and do anything. And I, I just believe that, that God wants us to go out and do something. I don't think he wants you to sit here. I, I've sat in pews long enough to go, I don't want to sit there anymore. And I definitely don't want to be a pastor. But, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. And so as I submitted my whole life to him, he kept telling me to come serve here. And I'm like, Lord, there's got to be somebody else and somewhere else for me to go because I don't want to come here. This place was crazy. <laughs> And and the more I prayed about it, the more it was clear, this is what God had for me. And he showed me different ways. He showed me through his word. And i just go somewhere. i go, you know, I I don't... James 3.17, he's going to guide you by his peace from above. Spirit would be peace. It would be gentle. Easy to be entreated. You just kind of... Sometimes it's not just a feeling. It's like God will really speak to you through his word. But you need to be where God wants you to be. And he wants you to be... There to be doing what he wants you to be doing, and that's just a natural result. Telling people to go and come is going to be something that will result from being under his authority, hearing his voice. They go and come. The problem is, we're not listening, we, we're in, especially this church in America today. We're not listening to God's word, we want it in five minute segments. You know, we want a little video show me how to do it, tell me how to do it. It's hard work to get quiet and get still and to know that he's God. But the centurion understood that. He, he understood this, and he knew that all I had to do was just ask him to speak the word, because he has authority with his word. His authority, the word of God, is something this man understood as well. That he said, just speak it, and I know it'll be done. And the Lord didn't even speak it, did he? He does not say here that he says, servant be healed. He didn't say that. He just stopped, and he said, I say unto you, I have not I have not found so great a faith. Not in, No, not in Israel. Found it. He's been looking for it. He's looking for faith. People that say, I want to be under your authority and if I'm under your authority and I come to you and I ask, according to your will, you're going to hear me and you're going to do it in my life. And people are going to begin to, 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 to be, uh, want to be a part of what I'm doing. They're going to be wanting to work and, and, and you, under you and do what you want. And this is the authority that God wants us to be under. But the degree in which we are under his authority is the degree in which we're going to be leaders and effective. And under his authority specifically is we need to be reading the word of God. We need to be obeying the word of God. And we need to be constantly in that place of submitting to the spirit of God. And I think as we do these things, you can't sit anymore. You're going to say, I want to do something. I'm not saying you have to get involved with Sunday school, though, there's always a need. But just start doing something for the Lord. You're gonna find that things, the things the time that you have and the things that you're doing, you begin to invest over in the kingdom of God, you're gonna find that, man, that is not a waste of time. That was a good thing. I wanna do more. I, I really I went on a mission trip or I, I served the Lord or I witnessed to my neighbor or I just served them. I did something for them. You know, I took out their garbage or I washed their car and mowed their lawn or you know, I just did something for my 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 boss. You know, and I just did something for my kids. This is a result of spending time in the Word because this is what Jesus did. He constantly was serving. He constantly was, you know, ministering. And I think that's a natural result of being with Him that you just want to grow. And so being under authority, you're going to find not just the authority that God's given to you and telling people to go, but you're going to find God speaking into your life and bringing healing in the lives of those that you're praying for because you can be just like the centurion today. You haven't seen him, but you've heard about him. You do to know if I go and I pray and I ask the Lord, Lord, would you heal my friend? Would you bring a heal? You know, God can do that. The prayer of a righteous man, the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much, James tells us. That Elijah was just like us. You know, he, he breathed and ate and just like us, but, but he prayed fervently. And God heard him. And I think this is the same thing that we can do today. We can go, God, help, help us. Not just God help us, but God, help us. No difference. <laughs> oh, God, just you know, be with my day. Hope I make it. You know. God, I want to see you work. God, work in my life. And he wants to do that in your life. Maybe you're here today and you've never been under His authority. And I just want to give you that opportunity. As we're just close in prayer. Just to say, I want to do that. I want to put myself under the authority of God. I never accepted Christ, I've never talked to him, given my life to him, and at least I've never seen him work. I'm telling you, if you give your life to him, and you lose your life for him, for his sake, for the gospel, for, for this purpose that he has, you will
0: find your life.
1: Do you know where the lie?
0: As we wind down our time with you today on Living in the Light, we want to let you know how blessed we are to be a part of your day. Our goal in creating this program is to bring as many people as possible to the love and grace offered through our Savior, Jesus. And we do this by providing verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter studies through the Word, just like the one you heard today in the book of Luke. We hope you've been drawn deeper into your relationship with Jesus and are eager to know more about Him. Living in the Light is a radio ministry of Pastor Mike McClure in Calvary Chapel, San Jose. And each teaching you hear comes directly from our weekly church services. Do you live in or are you visiting the San Jose area? If so, we'd love to meet you. We gather each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for a time of prayer, Bible study, and worship of the God of the universe. Visit our website to find out more at calvarysj.org. You can also join us for worship online through Facebook. You'll be able to find links at calvarysj.org and be sure to like our page. We do enjoy keeping in touch with our listeners and if you ever have a specific prayer request we can be lifting up to the Lord, give us a call. Our number is 408-269-8331. That's 408-269-8331. Thanks for joining us today for Living in the Light.